0: welcome to the state of men i'm aiden dowling and i'm mike watts in today's episode we have a very special guest dr juliana hauser dr juliana has over 20 years of education and experience it, experience in having the down and dirty conversations about relationships agency sexuality intimacy and so much more that we are all craving as a credentialed therapist, academic and bona fide sex expert, Dr. Juliana has spent decades consulting and supporting thousands of individuals on their paths to discover with their to discover their sexual agency. Welcome Dr. Juliana. how are you?
1: Oh I'm great. I'm so excited to speak to you both.
0: Awesome.
2: We are happy to have you here. Thanks for coming. So we have gone way back. You were actually my first consulting client when I originally did this back in, what was that? that,
1: 2016.
2: Yeah, Yeah, 2016. Mm -hmm. So that was five years ago and you came to Maine. And so a lot's changed for both of us during that time.
1: A lot. Yes
2: what has happened and you can talk about what's changed if you desire for yourself, but I I would Mm -hmm. say what's, what have you learned about yourself since you and I first met along Mm -hmm. that journey? So Mm -hmm. we met and you were in some help from consulting, getting your systems and planning and organization around. And then what has happened? What's changed for you? Like what is the biggest thing you've learned about yourself in this time?
1: Yeah. I love that question. I want to, Backtrack, and I've told you this story before about how pivotal this was, but I want to share it. So when we met, we had a whole day together uh, going through my business, and I had uh, someone on my team that wasn't performing and really wasn't serving me, and we were kind of hemming and I was hemming and hawing about it. And you're like, okay, so you need to let you need to let this person go. I was like, okay, I will. You're like, no, no, actually, like right now, <laughs> you need to send this email right now and let this person go. I was like, what? I like, no, no, no. I'll, 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 I'll do it. I promise you I'll do it. Like, we're not continuing working together today if you're not going to send this email right now. And I was like, the hell? Like, really? Like, okay. And I sat there. And I was like, I, you know what? He's right. Why would I delay this? But it was such a fabulously challenging personal and business moment. Like, why would you and you didn't ask me all the questions. You didn't ask me to process what my problem was and not doing it right away. You just sat there. You said it, you sat there, and I sat there we had like a stare off forever a little bit. I was like, Okay, I'll do it. You're right. I, I I'm trusting you and I need I know the action's right, so just do it. And and I did and, it, and I remember feeling a little nauseous afterwards and she did not respond well to it either. But what what was really pivotal for me in, in that interchange with you was, it it is, if you're making a sound decision, and we had worked through it, it was not an impulsive decision, it made a lot of sense to do it, then why delay it, and and that, that really was something that I looked at afterwards and have used it as an example in many areas of my, my life and my, my business in particular of is t- you have to be decisive. decisive. And if you're gonna be a boss, if you're gonna be expanding, if you're going to grow into the place that you wanna go, then you have to make some of those hard decisions that are unpopular and difficult. And why was it so difficult? So I, I would say that actually spurred a whole lot of change. In my, in my business. And I'm so grateful uh, for that moment. I don't even know if you remember doing it, but it was pivotal.
2: Is it the Um, one where you, it was like five grand? Didn't it save you like five or $8,000 or something?
1: uh, It did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was huge. So was basically,
2: and I think it was the first two hours of us being together, I just saved you eight grand or something. We'll say eight because it sounds better yes. than five, right? Yeah. And, and
1: then pro- <laughs> and then probably so many more thousands afterwards because I learned this skill of saying no and being decisive as a boss, like being in charge of my business. So yes, that day you saved me that, but you probably sent me thousands because I learned how to do that. And i amazing. Never wanna, Congrats. I felt... I'm I to think of the word that I felt it was as I analyzed why I was so reticent to do it, um, but but I it, tentative was it and afraid w- was part of it, and I didn't want to feel that way again. And I knew I was never going to be successful if I um, if I was so tentative and indecisive about things that I knew was knew were right. Um, so that that was a pivotal thing, and that's probably a huge change business wise uh, for me, and and I'd say my personal life too. I mean after that. Um, I got divorced, which was a decision that I had needed to make for a long time, and uh, moved, um, and then it completely changed my business too. It's a very different business than it was five years ago, and I'm proud of it. That's
2: that's great. That was the second half of the day, as I told her she needed to get to Fort. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 that was we covered it all the grounds in that eight hours. Right. <laughs> All right, let's talk about, uh, Aiden, do you have any questions or you want me to start? I'll just keep going. There you go. Yeah. So let's, you know, this podcast is for men, right? We're called the state of men. So we talk about men. So I know you and I've had a lot of discussions when it comes to men, sexuality, sex, intimacy, relationships, these type of things. You know, I asked you, is there something you're really excited that you're talking about? And you've been talking a lot about in this concept called agency, um, I still don't understand it, so <laughs> I want you to explain it to me. I asked Kate the other day. I was like, when you texted this thing to me and you sent me this podcast, I was we're, I was sitting next to her. I said, do you know what agency it is? She's like, yeah, it's this, this, and this, and this. In my head, I still think an agency is like a marketing agency. Like that's you know, exactly what we that. Get, right.
0: That was my number one question so like, before we dived into anything was going to be like Dr. Juliana, like what. What is agency? I listened to both podcasts that you had sent, Mike, uh, to prep, and I just kept thinking, like, okay, so there's a difference between, like, you know, uh, what was it? Uh, Empowerment and agency, but what – because I think, like, Mike, I'm like, you mean, like, an agency? Like, if I'm a model and – you know what I mean? But clearly, that's not what you mean. So that was my first question. That's not what you're talking about.
2: And, and it's like, I feel like women have the secret agency conversation they're <laughs> having and like, they're like, oh, we get it. You know, Kate, when I asked her, she was like, yes, I totally like, I know what they're talking about. you know. <laughs> but yeah, so it's like, let's bring this in. And why are you excited about this? What does this look like? So go for it. So let's define yeah. what we're talking about here. This is not a marketing agency or a business <laughs> agency. Or, no.
1: You know. Yeah. And it's so interesting. I mean, I, I probably could talk for a half an hour just to set this part of the conversation up. So so just uh, just say things and don't let me talk for, for that long because I am super passionate about it. So agency, the, the first thing I'll say it is a noun, it's a verb, it's a concept, and it's a skill and it is—we've been talking about. It's not a new thing. I didn't make up the term, obviously, but it's—it has a resurgence. And I think one of the reasons why it is so critical right now is that it's, it's the difference between being empowered and being an agency is. is that being an agency requires you to be in community empowerment does not empowerment can be individual agency does not require that i mean agency does require that so why is there a difference between uh women or cisgender women's accessibility and understanding of agency compared to to cisgender men or men in general is i i think there's because i think there's an inherent power that's given to the gender of men that a lot of women don't have now for me, when I start having this conversation uh, with men, it's, there's often a bristling, like, oh, it's that thing again, like men are being blamed and it's a hard thing. And, and I, that's not where my come from is. I actually think, like in the conversation that I had uh, with a group of women yesterday that I was telling you earlier about preparing and, and, and telling them that I was coming on this podcast to talk specifically about agency and men, a lot of the comment was, well, men don't have to think about agency because they already have it. Because the world is supporting men and having agency, and that's why women had this secret conversation. We, we know we have to fight for it, and that is transformative when you get it. Men are granted it um, when they come to the realization of their gender. And I'm not so sure I agree with that, actually. I actually, my, my belief, and I posit that I think men have less agency than women do. Uh, because I think there is a false sense of the of power and entitlement. And I think that men have even less room in order to exercise their agency than, uh, than women do. And I find that within the world of sexuality even more so, but just in general and concept. So it's why I'm so excited to talk to men uh, about agency, because I, I want you all to care about this. And I want you to know about the concept. You all should know about it. And also backing up, if we want women to have more room and have more agency and have communities having agency, then we cannot exclude a very, very important gender from the conversation, from the concept. It has to be a community. that It has to be all of us that are living in agency for it to really make a shift in the world.
0: So is agency like, because I'm hearing that empowerment is more of a self thing and agency is more of a community thing, right? So you can't have agency alone, it and right? And like at some points... You, it's like you can have, in my view, it's like you can have some empowerment in community, but if you have too much empowerment, then you are disempowering other people. So it's kind of this mm-hmm. un- messiness. So is agency more of just like having a your unique voice and perspective within a community and at the same time being able to hold that while also holding someone else's unique perspective and voice, even if it might not be the same as yours? Is that is that, am I understanding that?
1: Yes. Yeah. And I want to talk about the skill of agency also to explain, like to, to really like siphon it down. But yeah, you're please. absolutely correct. You have to if you are someone who is in agency, then you aren't threatened by someone else's point of view and difference. And you don't have to oppress them or marginalize them mm-hmm. in order to protect your own stance. In fact, you can't do that. And that's difficult when you have a difference of opinion, when you have different needs, when you have conflicting wants and needs. It's really difficult to stay in an agency in that way and to have two people standing in agency when you're like basically just having a standoff of like, huh, here we are in complete conflict. We may be in respect also, but we are in conflict. Our needs conflicted. There's no compromising this. Then what do you do and how does agency perform and show up in that place? Empowerment. Is what comes up and you, then you become very divisive and you don't have to care about the community or the relationship in general and I see this play out in couples relationship and I see this in a wider scale and in communities in, um, in social justice issues and then globally also how do we do that and I think I, I you have to have empowerment along the way of agency but if we're going to make global shifts we have to have agency that all buy into um, so let me go back to the skill of agency as I see it and how I define it. And, and there are other ways of looking at it, but this is just what has worked for me in my practice. And I've been honing it for about 20 years now. So, and it, it sounds really obvious. So
2: so <laughs> can I ask a question before you explain that?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, would I walk around and be like, oh, Aiden is an agency?
1: It depends on, on what Aiden is doing. <laughs>
2: All right. Go ahead. But you yeah,
1: have but but actually, you know, there are people who um inherit through trauma or transformation. If there are if you have something in life that has demanded that you do a higher level of self-reflection, almost very consistently, that is a person who has a journey of agency that is advanced and a step ahead of those who are not in a traumatic experience or not having to do a deep self-reflection and making choice mm-hmm. about who they are and how they're showing up in the world. Um, so I actually often find and I've written about this, too, that those who have had a coming up process or a transgender transition and an in, in, in awakening. Very much have already d- dove into the concept of agency to begin with having to make that choice or someone who's been through a very traumatic experience and going through the healing process and making some huge self discoveries and figuring out how their self discovery fits into the bigger world. That is somebody who has started the journey of, of agency. They just didn't know it because we don't turn okay. it that way in most ways. Okay. So I would imagine.
2: I think. Yes,
0: though, yes. for
2: me. I like to think
0: so I yes. have some yes.
2: agency. Yes. And I think for me, what's what's happening when we talk about this is I'm, it's like, I have to switch the part of my brain that's just like, oh, Aiden is happy, right? It's like a description because I'm so used to agency being the word, like we talked about a marketing agency, or I'm getting an agent for a book deal. It's like associated as this person or this thing that we're going to versus now we're It kind of almost like we're talking about, I don't know, would you describe, because you said it's a noun, verb.
1: A concept that's all a of skill. these things. Concept. So, I okay. would, Mike, for you, I would say your journey with your health would be something that you exercise agency in the process of figuring that out and in your healing process, both physically but really emotionally. That you had to have agency as you're advocating for yourself, as you're figuring out how, how this part of you and this understanding of you fits into the wider world and what you're going to do about it. I would, I would say that would be an aspect of agency for you.
2: Got it. Okay, great. Following. Okay, Okay,
1: so the skill is, again, the warning is, it sounds very simple, uh, but it's not. So first, you have to know that there's a decision to be made. Second, you have to believe that you make really good decisions. Third, you have to make the damn decision. And I used to just, my research kind of stopped there. I Because when, when I started looking at my research within sexuality, I was working first with cisgender women. And what I kept hearing over and over again was it just happened to me. And where was I in these experiences? Where was I in any decision making? And when I went back, a lot of it was about choice. And taking out the concept of trauma or se- sexual violence happening, um, take that out of out of this uh, examination, there are still tons of times where women were not actively participating in decisions in their life, particularly in their sexual life, but just in general. So when I start, took it out of the sexual world, like, uh, overt sexual connections and, and activity, I was realizing that that these women that I was working with weren't being taught how to make decisions. And I thought that was it. I thought that was the key of it. But then I realized there were two more steps that were really pivotal in having um, a very active and activated agency. And that was step four and five. And four is after you make the decision, you have to be able to live with the intended and unintended consequences of those decisions. And that's kind of like the motherfucker of it all for everybody. Mm-hmm. It's like when you, ma- when you think you make good decisions, when you feel good about who you are in your decision making and bad things still happen bad things happen to good people, when life just is unfair, that is a skill. We talk about resiliency in that, but that's a skill that we're not taught of how to live in that in-between moment. That's really Mm -hmm. difficult. And then whether things go better than you expected or just like you thought, or they go worse than you expected, then the fifth part of agency, is what meaning do you make of it? Do you think, yeah, the world is good, I'm a good person, I make good decisions, or the world is unfair and now I'm gonna protect myself. Now I'm gonna stop making decisions in my life. Now I'm gonna to defer to other people or just not show up or not believe in myself, stop, start doubting my intuition and the things that I know to be true about it. So those are the five things, are the main five steps, but there's something that's really important in between that two, between three and four, which, if you if you know anything about like uh, the, the personality development or ego and moral development, one of the skills that is considered one of the highest evolved states is being able to live in a, in a, your, whatever your tolerance is for ambiguity. So the higher tolerance you have of ambiguity correlates with the highest development that you could have in personality and moral and ego development. That comes into play in that between three and four. So after you make the decision. And then Mm -hmm. when you know what the consequences are, you have to live in ambiguity. You have to have a pretty high tolerance if you're going to be activated in your agency. That's when you start acting like an asshole, when you start threatening people and marginalizing people and living in fear and behaving in fear. But if you can be like, well, I've made the decision and you can sit back either metaphorically or, or actually physically and be as things are unfolding, like letting there be an unhurried unfolding in that process then you are in agency and you are grounded hmm. in, in your truth and you're not needing to exert that or have your anxiousness or your fears, um, putting that onto other people. Uh, very easy to say, not easy to live in some circumstances.
0: <laughs> it's so interesting. It's sorry. Go ahead, Mike.
2: No, no, go ahead. It's
0: just like what you're explaining, like those five steps literally feel like by transition right like literally feels like those are the exact steps that i took and now i'm in step five which is like how how what purpose is this in the world or like how do i function within the world and i feel like i've been in that purpose for a couple of years now just through my activism work and through all the things even this podcast with mike right like okay well how can i live out like what my what i know to be true even though there's all these things there's that ambiguity right of just like some people like, don't even believe I exist, right? And I'm just like, oh, okay. Like, I don't know what to say to you, <laughs> like, but that's okay. Um, and so is it possible? But then there's other, so my, my manhood, I feel I have agency in. Is it possible to have agency in some things and not in other things? Or is it, yeah, it is. Cause I, that, cause I do feel like, like, um, when I think about my journey of sexuality and my journey of, um, like how sexuality played a role in my younger life and then also plays a role now with my wife and the combination between sexual emotion and sexual acts and all of those things. I feel like I don't really have that much agency agency in, is it, is that possible? Mm. Is that how that could work? Like in one category, yes. And another no.
1: Absolutely. And, and the reason for that is because it's not a skill that's highly valued. So it's not taught, it's not supported, and it's not modeled in a lot of places. So you are really forging this and being a pioneer on your own. So yes, I mean, even me, I've been like researching this and searching for this for years. And, and there's parts of my life where it's still growing, and that I have to really go back and sit into my steps and really pay attention. And that dissonance is difficult. In fact, it's a really difficult place once you understand what an agency is and it's and it is working in one area of your life and serving you, but it's not supported in other areas. That's difficult. It's hard mm. because it feels good when you're in agency. And when mm. you're in an environment where your agency is being supported and, and being around other people in agency in the community that I'm sure you have formed. But when it's not in a relationship or in other areas, yeah, it, it feels awful. But it, but what I want is for you to and for others to know if you can do it in one, then you can grow it and have a an ripple effect in other areas mm. also.
0: Mm.
1: But it, you have to you have to work the skills. You have to practice it. You have to really start, tune into yourself to see which of the five, if not all five, are, are places that you need to concentrate. And then you have to be around people who value agency in their life and value your agency. Not an easy thing to get all, all together.
2: How do you, what would you recommend for somebody to practice it?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like just follow so, the five steps you did or is there a way to like think about it differently? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's 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 difficult. I mean, it, it is <laughs> mainly because what I've just said, said to Aiden that it's, it's hard to find people who are doing it. So yeah, you have to, it's, it's your responsibility. Your agency is your responsibility, so you have to do the work. And all of it boils down to how well do you know yourself and how brave are you in being truthful about who you are? Because you, if you are putting on airs to yourself or bullshitting yourself, then those five steps are going to be very surface, and they're not going to really be serving who you are. And often, you have to have that kind of awakening, a, a tragic thing, a difficult thing, a a uh, a really existential moment in your life that makes you purposefully examine who you are and your place in the world. And then that will deepen who you are in agency. So knowing yourself is important. Uh, Having self-reflection, being around people who um, mirror the truth of who you are also Mm. uh, and are practicing agency around you. Those are some of the deepest, most meaningful connections that I have had and conversations that I've had are with people who we are in conflict, but we are purposefully doing the conflict in agency for both of us. It is it's it's truly one of the safest kind of relationships I've been in also Mm -hmm. um, that I'm talking with people who we are. We know the number one agreement between us is that we will not tramp on each other's agency, but we will get to this conflict uh, together. So practicing conflict and agency makes a big difference as well. Uh, And then really protecting uh, who you are around and who you're being exposed to in the in the greater sense of things so that. You, it's so easy to get drawn back into behaviors that are not in agency. Very easy to do so.
0: Is that where the empowerment piece comes? Because, like, because when I think about the places I am in agency, I feel I feel a sense of empowerment. And then when I think about agency, like. Right, because I think one thing that I wanted to talk about a lot in today's podcast was like sex, right? Like sex and men and sketch sexuality and the and just like why is it just so? It's just it's just we can get into it. But so when I think about my own life and I think of sexuality and and again that emotional and the acts revolved around sexuality. It's like it's not so much that I don't think Jenny Lee, my wife, could like hold that space for me it's it's almost just that like i don't feel empowered enough to even have agency because i just i just feel like you know just being transgender there's just like a a a disassociation with the body and like how can you be an agency if you're disassociated with yourself right um so is that where Mm. the empowerment like so would you say that almost like throughout those first three steps your empowerment is building and building and building and then W- that that's where you're able to kind of make that jump into that fourth step and fifth step.
1: Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know, people, we use the word empowerment a lot, but sometimes I wonder if we're defining it the same way too, like mm. are we speaking the same language when we're using the word empowerment? Because in some ways I would also say that we could, uh, we could trade out the word confidence to the way that you just use the word empowerment and going through those those steps. So yes, you have to have empowerment, meaning that you have to feel like you have a right to make these decisions or to claim your space in the world or in that relationship. You have to have that. You also have to feel, going back to those the details of the steps, you have to feel like you you can make a good decision and that you have a relationship that allows for that, whether it's in a spousal relationship or friendship or you know, work or, or whatever. You have to believe there's a space for you to say the things that you need and, and it, that you want. But you also have the confidence to do so. You have to be able to say, this is what I need and what I want. So that if you have to back that up further, you have to really know the truth of what you need and what you want, which again, you have to know yourself, which then circles back to empowerment mm-hmm. and uh, being empowered by others, as well as being confident in that. And, and then we fast forward to four and five, which is... We uh, all of our ages, we've all all of us have made decisions that didn't go well. We have predicted things that went better than they than they should have, and things have gone a lot worse. And so you have to. Then you're driving along all this baggage of the meaning making of it, and mm. how you have dealt with the intended underconst. So, if we're talking about empowerment, yes, yes, you have to be empowered along the way in those first three things. But you also have to be able to face the past patterns Mm. that you have had right, and then discern the difference between did those things happen around people who couldn't understand and couldn't handle agency and does that inform where I am now and can I let those things go and can I bring a new part of me into this relationship and and either demand it or request it or just stand in the knowing that this is the right thing for me and the right thing for me moving forward. Uh, I also think we have to unpack the baggage of selfishness. That there is a difference between entitlement and empowerment. And there's a difference between a responsibility, a self-responsibility and a responsibility in showing up for a relationship and selfishness. And I think we trip up along that way in the first three steps also. Like, who am I? Mm. Who am I, number one? And then who am I to claim this, to ask for this, to want for this, to decide this? And when you're talking about relationships, there's so much of our agency that is intertwined with the other person that uh, we're sharing this life with. And they have their own wants and needs and baggage and, and stories that they're telling and meaning making. And that's complicated. It's I think it's one of the biggest reasons why relationships don't last long term is the concept of agency and relationship.
2: Just because it takes so much to work through that stuff together?
1: It does. Mm-hmm. It takes so much individual work and then it takes so much work as a couple because if you're you're wanting to support a long-term fulfilling relationship, you have to do agency work individually and then the relationship has to have its own agency.
2: Right.
0: Mm.
1: Like doing like like doing your relationship your way, how the, you as a couple decide you want a relationship to look and be and feel that is in its own self, uh, an act of agency. So there's three parts of agency you're having to work on and then still shower and, and work. And <laughs> <laughs> grocery shop. And,
2: it's, it's then you have and then if you choose to have kids, you got that. Crap, right? right? right. And then it's like all that stuff. Yeah.
1: And all of us have kids, and that's the other piece too, is like everything backs up to are you in raising your your children to to be um little beings of agency?
2: Mm, I love that. So here's a question for you because my parents are still together, and then Kate and I are still together with our kids. As a, a woman that's been through divorce, how does that agency like apply because now you're you're co-parenting with someone else Mm -hmm. in that way so like if somebody is divorced how do you keep that like because you're now you're the only the only thing in common that is that the relationship ended so you kind of i always looked at it like a venn diagram like i had kate and kate and mike here and then in the middle there's like this intersection of like our relationship and then down here is there's the kids, right? Penelope, Ruby, and the intersection of all of us together in this way, right? So, like, when you go through a divorce, how do you do that with – if somebody's all listening that's co-parenting, like, how do you kind of – because you're not, like, with that person all the time now, but you're still trying to raise this kid the way. Is there a way to
1: – yeah, to, like, I mean, a secret – I... I think, I mean, it it really, it takes two people to do it. So, so it's whether you're have a family that's, that's still living together or not, you still have to be two people that are, you know, making sure that the kids are a value and important and a priority and that you are respecting and acting agency of yourself too. And people, you know, agency can be used as a weapon, just like empowerment also. Mm. Uh, And if it's used as a weapon, then it's actually not agency. Um, it's entitlement and it's self-serving behavior, but you can, like my, uh, my son and I's uh, father, we absolutely co-parent an agency and I'm very proud of the relationship that we have because he has done the work also. He has done the work to be an agency in and of, in and of itself, and we've done the work. Is Now our work in our relationship is a co-parenting relationship that we protect an agency rather than a marital relationship that's protecting an agency. So the Got details it. shifted, but the motivation did not. Um, With uh, my daughter's uh, father, he is not somebody who's done the work in agency, so it's much more difficult to co-parent in in agency um, and and with respect in a different way. And not saying that I'm perfect and that I've done all this work and I'm not the most involved being (laughs) on this planet either. I I have my own set of things that I'm working on, as as we should, Uh, but it takes two people to do it, whether you're together or you're not.
0: Right. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. I feel like I have a better Uh, understanding of agency now. What about you, Mike? Do you feel like you have more of a grasp? I
2: think I'm getting there. Yeah, I feel like yeah, I, I. think I'm getting. Feel like there. I'm like, yeah.
0: <laughs> pretty much there. But I don't. I'm like, I don't know if I should go to the agency circle because I don't want to be like uninformed. <laughs> but I'm interested. I'm seeing what time it is and what day. You know what I mean? Um, so
1: come to the agency right, circle. That's yeah.
2: come to the agency so circle. I, well, I think it just it's. I, inter- I, it's uh, go ahead. Sorry.
1: No, no, no. Please, please talk.
2: Well, I think where it gets confused because you said earlier in the beginning of the podcast was like being in agencies, being in community. But then you talked about like, so it's like understanding, I think just the term usage of the words and how we use it versus what previously it's been, which is can be, I just keep thinking about what's a practical example, like if I'm buying a car, right? Like if I'm buying a car, I'm going to make a decision to buy a car. And then so I know this is different than like being in a relationship with somebody. But yeah, so... Okay. Well maybe but it's, I'm, I'm maybe there.
0: it's agency with your finances. Because if I'm understanding, agency is different, right. right? So agency there might I mean I'm gonna guess, right? Agency there might be like you know what you like, you know what you want. And the salesperson can try to convince you into this other car or that, but you know what you want and you know how much you can spend. And if they're not willing to respect your agency, then you're probably not going to buy from them because they're going to keep trying to push you and push you because they have their own, they know how much money they want to make for the day and how, what they have to do. Right. And then it's like, if you can find, am I, you're nodding. So I'm hoping that maybe this is kind of right to actually juliana okay and then it's like then you would you know go to a different place until you could find a salesperson who could actually they might have their own agenda right or agency and be like hey this is what i need but then there'd be a mutual respect where it's like i'm in my agency this is a car i want i'm respecting that you have to sell me a car and this is how you make your money and we're gonna find a way that we can be in agreement and I can leave happy and you can leave happy and we both didn't disrespect each other or, you know, uh try to take advantage of the other person.
2: Is that someone Right, close? and then you and then you buy the car, but then your car is a white car, and then you see the green car of the same model driving down the street when you leave and like, oh crap, that's even better. <laughs> Right. And so you're living with the decision that you like but made. But
0: that, but part of agency sounds like it's that four and f- that three is like trusting that, you know, what you want and that even, like, right. you know, you wanted the white. And even if you see the green, you're like, that's beautiful too. But I know and trust myself that the white is actually the one I wanted.
2: Right.
1: Mm-hmm. And I can, I can be happy or, or feel content with the decision that I've made and still want and admire the green a car and, and that's okay. So maybe next time I want to have the green car or maybe it's okay. I can have some envy for that. Um, I'll add to that example. So then you go home, you're very excited about your car and you uh, tell somebody yes. uh, about this and then you find out they got, a, they got 2000 off and, and the somewhat same dealership. So then what meaning making do you make of that?
2: It could be, well, then you could be deflated based off your decision. Cause you, lot you could have made say more money or I'm not as good as a person or good at this game or I got taken advantage of
0: mm-hmm. or yes or or you could ask them for tips on how to get a better deal next <laughs> right
1: right. All of those things make a difference, and it, and I know we're talking about cars and, and not about relationships, but this is exactly what I'm talking about because well, this those is, the little the pieces. I ex-
2: understand what's happening yes. now. Like we yes. got it. We got an example. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah.
1: Let me add one more thing to that, and then we can drop the car. So you drive away, you feel really good. You got a hell of a deal. You actually worked it really well. You feel really good. You you did all this research. You made a good decisions. So you are so thrilled. You pull out, and you your car gets t boning and <sighs> Uh, is totaled. You're fine, but the car is totaled. What meaning do you make of that?
2: Now it's time to buy a new one. <laughs> <laughs> or the
1: world sucks. Right. Or I never or, had any yeah, luck. Right. Or like I right. did all these things and now I've got deal with insurance and you're not getting the right. deal. You know, all those. That is how life happens. It happens in relationships, it happens in our sex life, it happens when you're buying a car. And all of those bits and pieces of how you make the meaning of all those things, it all goes back to then, Do I? is there a decision to be made? So remember, that that's the first step of knowing there's a decision to be made. That sounds so obvious. I, I often start off asking people, do you make decisions in your life? And I was like, yes, I make decisions in my life. But do you? Mm. Do you? Are there times, because when you are, when you've had experiences that you have put yourself out there and you've really made a definitive stance and you feel good about it and you make the decision and you feel the unintended consequences mostly, we, we make meaning all the time subtly about ourselves. We lose our intuition. Mm-hmm. We lose our belief in the world. We lo- lose our belief in other people. And we guard and protect. And we sometimes it's very obvious to us and sometimes it isn't. But it is the skill to master if you are going to have a fulfilled life and, and connecting meaningful relationships with yourself or with anyone else. And for agency, it's for me and why I feel so passionate, it is It has a superpower because it is both healing. When you understand the concept of agency, you can go back to places in your life and heal a lot of it and, and have compassion for yourself and for the people that may have been involved in it. It is also protective. So it helps you moving forward because you have this armament, and I don't mean armament as a a negative and a wall to other people, but you now have an ability to get through that piece because, number one, you're going to understand the tolerance of ambiguity. You are, and I'm telling you, when you get that, it is magical to be able to sit in that place. And I don't have that completely mastered, but when I am living in that and practicing that, I am so much better in, in peace in my body and in the world. And I'll tell you, during COVID, you could tell who understood ambiguity and who didn't.
0: <laughs> it
1: really made that come out globally and individually and in communities or companies. Um, those who could like, well, we're going to adapt. We're going to be resilient. This is how life is. Let's figure this out. Let's make the most of it. And I think a lot of us have moments like that and other moments that we're freaking out and this is the worst thing ever. And being an agency doesn't mean you are living in perfection in agency. It means that you can always go back to it Mm. and always hone it. And so Aiden, to go back to your question about it's in other places. Yeah, it's a flowing process. And I let agency where it's doing really well in my life buoy me and inform where agency isn't activated, whether it's because I'm not activating it or I'm around people or in an environment that isn't supporting agency.
2: Mm. Mm. It's wonderful. I love it. All right, Aiden, you had questions about men and. Yeah. I I want to talk about sex. That's
0: my, let's talk about sex, baby. Um, (laughs) Let's
2: talk about. I think,
0: you know, my question for you, Dr. Juliana is that. Um, Juliana, like banana. Sorry, not Anna. I keep want to say Anna, maybe because Antler watches a lot of Frozen. I don't know. Um, so my apologies. <laughs> um, no worries. So I, I mean, like, as so a there's like, you know, this audience is men, right? Um, and so I'm curious, like, what I'm almost like, what's, what do you want men to know? What do you want to say to men? Like, what, what do, what do we need to hear from you that? that you just want to have been wanting to say, and and maybe you don't get the opportunity or maybe you just feel like you say it and no one listens. Like I want to offer that space and like attention to you f- right now.
1: First thing that comes to mind is I want to say, I'm sorry. I, I feel such compassion for men. And and I feel that like the, in general, the world isn't a very safe place for men and that that's not a very, uh, very popular opinion to have and to, to say and and I I work with a lot I would say probably right now 70% of my clientele are men I'm um, privately that I, that I work with uh that's different when I'm talking about groups I have as Mike has heard me say for years I have the hardest time getting a group of men to speak um, to, to work together and to, to to speak and to work with me on, on the issues that i have within sex and sexuality but men want to talk to me privately and i have to do so much more work to create an atmosphere of safety for men than i do for women mm-hmm. and not and i don't think it's a personal thing i think it's that in general um, there are a lot of women that don't make an environment that's safe for men to make mistakes to to sift through things without saying it completely perfectly and well to ask questions so they can learn and evolve and to move to a safer place and i think that is no more obvious than in the world of sex and sexuality uh and i i work with so many men that are afraid to ask the questions and so that's why they're willing to do it with me privately and they know once i can build trust and rapport then that they can ask me anything and say anything and i'm not going to judge them or condemn them for it i i think the apology extends to i mean i think we all are a owed an apology for not being properly sex educated but I think men are in particular and I think they're not in given an environment that there is a healthy sexuality that makes sense and the rules have changed and the environment has changed and a lot of that needed to change and evolve but there's still this in-betweenness that is confusing for a lot of men and and I, I feel compassion and sorrow for that because then when, where did men go? And instead of men in general opening up and like galvanizing, like, all right, let's get this together. Let's shift this, let's band together and understand it. I, I feel in a lot of ways, there's a disbandment and a like going off privately as so not to offend or hurt anyone else. Um, and I, I want men to have uh, a very valuable seat at the table for the conversations about shifting things about sex and sexuality. And I want men to know they're welcomed and needed.
2: Mm. I love that. Well, go ahead. What are some of those shifts? So like if you're sitting with a group of men, let's, let's create your scenario that it hasn't happened in reality yet. Right. It's like you and 10 dudes my fantasy. sitting around. It's my
1: biggest fantasy. <laughs> right now, I want 10 men that <laughs> would work with me in, in a group. Um, yeah. And that, in that, but I'm going to make that fantasy. Rest. I'm not stopping until it happens. <laughs> well, you lean on
0: us. Lean, like happy to yes. share all the things, you know, um, I'd love, I'd love to know. I'd love to be a part of the group. I feel like, you know, um, I think as, as a man for my experience, it's just, it's like, I think a lot of men want to talk about it but there is this sense of of demasculinizing yourself when you expose yourself in a sexual way cuz it's almost like well sex is the it's like the one thing right so you can make money or not make money you can be beautiful or not beautiful you can be super ripped and toned or overweight but we all get like The one thing we all can relate on is like well you know i i can have good sex you know what i mean like i can i can have sex and that is like the one right like um factor that that just can kind of shift things um in that way right like if i can attract somebody to me then it doesn't matter any of those other things like these other guys will see it and be like oh hey you know what i mean um and it's, it's almost like if, again, like if you showed insecurity in sex or if you show the um, attraction to what is not deemed like, you know, quote unquote normal, whether, whether that's a fetish or whether that's just who you're attracted to or something you like to do in the bedroom, right? Like it, it just, it, it changes the masculine energy in the room. 'Cause I've tried to have I've tried to have conversations with men around sex, not in a group. Usually it's just one on one. But it always does kind of turn into <laughs> that, right? It's like Yeah you know, um, oh like, you know, you like a finger in the butt, you must you are you sure you're not gay, bro? You sure you sure you know, and it just becomes a joke and then no one's actually talking about anything and then it's just yeah, it's just it's not it's uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, and then what you've done in those conversations is create more and more shame and guilt and, and, and backing up like I cannot risk taking any any more with that. Not that you've done that, but like that's what those conversations have when right. they haven't become productive because no one's taught how to have that. You, you often will hear in the conversation about women, and again, like in me supporting and loving men, it does not mean that I'm not feeling that way uh, about other genders either. But we're focusing on, on right on men right now. But you hear a lot about the Madonna whore complex for women. But you don't really hear about what that means in the context of men. And for me, what I have heard in my practice and what I hear with with the conversation I have with men is that something that's comparable. And I'd love to hear if you think there's different words that that for it's Madonna and whore or it's stud and incompetent uh, for men. And there's not really like a word for the incompetency, but that incompetency duality the shame and the guilt and the absolute self-loathing that I hear men go back and forth on whether it is incompetent because uh, their sexual functioning isn't what they want it to be, or their ability isn't what they want it to be, or it is I've done misogynistic bad things or things that are bad. Whatever it is, it's the the bad. It's so bad that men feel and fear and are told. Um, and then if you are the stud and this is revered, but those who I've, uh, that I've worked with that perhaps fall in that category or fall in that category at times, there's so much guilt and pressure associated with that also. But but there feels to be no room to discuss what that feels like inside to have that duality or to, to not know where you fall within it. Um, I, I think also that you know men have so many shoulds put on them that they're not allowed to explore and talk about and free themselves with. I have a course that's about your relationship with your body, and when I have uh, had men be in be in it or take it, I have had women not want men to be a part of it, saying that men don't have issues with their body. Like, oh, my. yes, they do. Yes, they do, and they have even less of a space to talk about it than women do. There are courses and there's there's campaigns. For women, that I, I love it, and thank goodness that has happened. But where is that for men? It's a joke. Like the media, when media talks about men's bodies, it's it's a joke for it, and and so everyone has to laugh and hee haw about it. But I know, I know, I've had many conversations with men that have deep shame about parts of their body, and who in the world can they say that to? Let alone say things like, "This is a part of my sexuality that I like; and turns me on." Like, I want a finger in my butt. What does that mean? I want playing with that. What, I don't know what that means about me. How can I ask for that? If I've, if I've asked one partner for it and they shamed me for it, then that is going to put in just so much stuff to me. And where do I ever unpack it and release myself from that shame, mm-hmm. let alone do the self-reflection to understand what that means? All I'm going to live in is fear. So that's why I start off with, I'm Sorry. There should be more people supporting men in this and men should feel more open to have the, having those conversations with each other like women too.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah. Cause even the example is really the joke. Right. Like the example I use mm-hmm. is always just the joke that everyone, like
2: a finger in the butt. Yeah, like
0: yeah. everyone just always makes that joke. So it's like, it's almost, it's like, even that question was me just playing safe because it's like, okay, well, everyone jokes about this so I can make this the thing we talk about. Right. So it's just like a pure example of just the uncomfortableness. It can be as a man to talk about sex, which is also interesting because it's like then you have the concept of everyone just being like, Oh, well, all men think about her sex and all they care about is sex and everything has to be revolved around sex. But it's like, it, if it does, it's only one way of seeing sex. It's just, there's just, it's very, uh, very one dimensional. It's like, you know, it's just this one particular way. Mm.
1: And, and some of the best sexual partners are those who can see so beyond that and and allow themselves to have a wider experience with what sex and sexuality is and like for me, I believe that sexuality is the essence of who we are, so it's the best way to know who you are, which is why my work combines agency and sexuality, and for a lot of people, they're like, what? Like how? What does that even mean? Like, it, it, What you're doing with your body just shouldn't be informing who you are, but I, I think it does. I think it's the purest way for us to know who we are. So if you know who you are as a sexual being, then you have the best way of knowing who you are as a, as a human being in general and the soul part of you. And here we are asking men to be evolved and elevated, and to understand and have these complicated conversations. Yet we are not giving men access to the purest part of who they are in a safe way, and in a in a way that they can risk take and release their shame and all of that. Let alone get into the mechanics. Because even like when I I had this group of guy friends from college that they're that I thought they were super cute. They did they did this book club. They wouldn't let me be a part of it. But they had this book club, and they loved it. I'd look at what our list is. And, and one of them was the book, uh, um, She Comes First. And I won't get into my own view of what I think that book is. But when I listened to it, I thought it was wonderful that they were having the conversation with each other. I loved it that they went through the book together. They literally brought the book to one of our college gatherings and, and were going through it. And I didn't have the heart to tell them I don't actually love the book. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I just loved that they were trying. and what But what they were wanting was... It was performative. It was, I want to please my partner, and that's what makes me valuable. And look at me. I'm not putting myself first. I'm not putting my pleasure first. I'm putting her pleasure first. And, again, I don't want to get the mechanics of of that book and putting it down, but in, in general, that example shows me, like, what made me feel sad was, but yours matters too. And when you can value your pleasure when you can know who you are and you can stand in the agency of that, the sexual agency of that, that is really what your partner is wanting. And if if that involves uh, a fun performance that both of you all are agreeing to, if that involves times that that your partner is going first or your ple- her pleasure or his pleasure is is first, wonderful. But that's not the goal most of the time. Show up equally because you have a right to be. And I think in so many ways, the rights of men, the sexual rights of men have have been feared because it's been misused by some, but not not by everybody. And I think that y'all's generation, you all you're younger than me, your, your generation and younger than you all, there is a much more evolved group of masculinity that's growing, but there's not a world that's opened for it yet. So... That's why I need men to group together and to be around people who want you to have a safe space so that you can show up for yourself first and know who you are and release your shame and be confident that your your place in your sexuality, it doesn't have to be a danger to other people. In fact, if anything, denying that is probably the most dangerous thing you can do or misunderstanding what your needs and wants are. Then adding that into relationships. I think that could be an enormous shift in our sexual culture as well as our culture, our gendered culture in general.
2: <laughs> well, uh, what, do what, do you,
1: what do you think of that? <laughs> what do you think? Mike
0: drop moment right there. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've monopolized on time. So I'm trying to give Mike like some, you Yo, know, I'm just
2: taking it. In. I, I also, uh, I don't
0: hear Mike talk much about sex either. Um, like even in our relationship, like I sometimes will be like, yeah, well, you guys shouldn't go see a movie because you should have sex instead. Like that would be more fun. Right. Or like something like that. But then I feel like I like sometimes I'm like, oh, well, like, is this uncomfortable? Like, should I not have? Should I not have said that when I feel like it's what I really want to say? Right. Um, and like right you know i I'm we're married with kids, he's married with kids, It's like, yeah, like there's just not enough time for sex when you have a kid, so the more time you can make, you know like the better um, so yeah, so that's you know i'm I'm just curious, like Mike, like how are you feeling is there anything you want to share or ask,
2: or anything like that regarding either going to the movies or having sex? <laughs> no, I mean, I, we've never really talked about that on this podcast, which we definitely could dive into. That's more specific. You know, I'm happy to to do that, but, or not, but, but yeah, I, I think what is a, because just like you talked about earlier with agency that came, that place comes into like, that is also something that could be nurtured inside the sexual realm because there's also so much baggage that comes from different people's experiences into that relationship so i guess my question for you is like what is like if we have an agency style sexual healthy relationship what does that look like
1: with two people you you, you did sidestep aiden's question just make a note of that
2: thank you thank you for pointing that out thank you for the
1: but it was a What good was
0: pivot. your
2: question? It, it was a worthy pivot. About going to the movies or having sex?
0: No, that was the was joke you made about the question, right? And the question was more of <laughs> just like, is there anything oh. you wanted to share about your sex, your sexuality, any questions you had that were related to, specifically related to that, and like in a more personal level, rather than, you know, um, offering a question that's a little more general and more like, hey, listeners, this is what you hear, right? Um, just like a more intimate a more intimacy in, in that world of yours, which only if you're comfortable, right? Cause I think you made a valid point. It's like, there's a lot of trauma within sex and sexuality. So I also don't, wouldn't ever want to ask a question if there's a trauma that I'm unaware of that you don't want to share. No, with no, no. That's you know. fine
2: to talk about. But that question is it's very broad, right? So like, is there something, yeah, there's a lot of experiences that has happened over time for own sex experiences, but a lot of it comes back to so much of my sexual experiences growing up were under the influence of alcohol, right? And so a lot of that was there. So it, it was never actually connecting with the person where there was always substances that were involved either by both of us or most mainly a lot of times by both people, right? And so I've had a lot of variety of different activities or tried different like been to one taste out in san francisco and kate and i had an experience that we were six weeks into our relationship and went through a weekend experience that was out there to learn what was going on so i think from a from a journey perspective but there is a you know it's confusing like there has been a lot of confusion and i think it's evolved i'd be curious to like even with a because like when I was 16 or 17 years old or even younger like Fredericks of Hollywood and Victoria's secret was like the catalogs that would show up at your house right so it was there and then even when porn started with dial-up internet it would be very slow or you had to go get the disks and now things are much easier to access everywhere all the time and what that looks like but there was never education around it like that was just from talking to people talking about what was going on um yeah so that's I mean, that's like a little bit of the hit. I mean, we could talk about this for an hour.
1: Yeah, we should. At least, so. <laughs> we, we, <laughs> yeah. should we should have another episode that we talk just specifically about sex. Uh, and sex. Which I think it'd be wonderful. Thank you for risk taking I didn't mean to put you on the spot either. Uh, I just, no, you, I'll answer the, the questions.
2: I have no problem thing. answering the yeah, questions. Yeah. No, and it's, I know
1: that about you. you. You actually are very open and honest about, about those things. And you're not afraid um, to say that, which is, is something I, I greatly admire. And I've, but really they have serious. to be, to back,
0: they have to know? be specific. That's with Mike. If you have a very yes. specific question that has, yeah, because it's like if you're broad, right? If you're like, well, how are you feeling about this? Like, well, what do you mean? How am I feeling about this? Or I'm feeling this? so like, you <laughs> have to come with like, Virgil. yeah, you gotta. That's like the Virgo, and you gotta be. I like, mean,
2: I'll as a society list. in whole, <laughs> as society, we can get better at asking more specific questions. Very okay. yes. agree. I do agree.
1: Like that uh, is agency,
2: uh, isn't that? As we walk down the list of agency.
1: That's right. It's, Mm -hmm. you know. I agree. I agree. And I'm going to get, I'll get to your specific question. So how does it, so again, like I want to explain just a little more detail about why I pick sexuality to be like, I call it the final frontier of self-development. I believe it is truly the best way to know who you are because of everything you just said. It's convoluted. It's ever changing. It's one of the few things that we all have in common. We just use the word wrong. I believe in a holistic sexuality and I would love to talk in a different episode about what that means and how that looks, how holistic sexuality fits into a man's world. Um, so when you're looking at a sexual, it's so if I'm looking at agency and holistic sexuality, if the most evolved and advanced place to have your agency is in your sex life and in your sexuality. And because it is so convoluted, it, it, it is, absolutely just a treasure trove of things for you to sift through good and hard. And so if you have agency within that and then decide to do that with somebody else in their sex life and their agency and, and all of their background, we just, it, it's like magic when it actually works and works for any kind of sustained amount of time. Um, and so it's one of the things I love helping couples doing because it's it's it is work because it's not set up for it to be a natural progression we are not taught how to have a long-term healthy fulfilled sexual life that is built in agency with somebody else we're not taught how to do it it's doable but it's not we're not taught how to do it um, two things that I have done and the things that I work with of of A couple being an agency with each other in their sexual lives is I have a sex plan that um, that I think is really important that people go through. You have your own individual sex plan for your life. And then you have one that you combine with your partner or partners, depending on what your romantic situation is and have a sex plan for the relationship in general. And it's very specific. Uh, It is in some ways very, it's very, uh, very specific questions, Mike, that that will be good to answer and get down with. And then some things kind of in general. And then I think you have to continuously do your work about communication. You have to continuously do checking in with what you want. And the number one thing that you have to create in that relationship is safety. If you don't have safety, then you You can have all the self-reflection you want and you won't share it and you will not grow together. And just like I I use as an example, because so many people know the love languages, there is a safety language that we all have too. And we do the same thing, just like how that concept teaches you that you often love how you want to be loved and don't really understand what you have different love languages. It's the same thing with safety. You have to know what you need in a person and what you need in in an environment in order to feel safe. And if you're with somebody else, you have to ask them specifically, what do you need from me? And how do you need me to behave and act and say for you to feel safe? And what do you need in the environment in order to feel safe? And then you can get into the work, but nothing will happen if you don't both feel safe.
0: I love it. I love it. Mm. So where, if people wanna work with you, where can they find you? If they wanna get either personal, Or couples, and also like, do you have like some type of mailing list for the guys who are interested in taking this group, this group class that is going to be happening in the future sometime
1: soon? I actually have because I'm always like, I'm going to manifest this. I already have a date (laughs) in January that it's set because I believe I do this every year and it never (laughs) happens. Maybe this will be this
0: This is it. This is the year. This is the year.
1: So it's starting to, I'll get you all the information so you can be, have a part of it. if it starts um, in January, and but my website, uh, Dr Juliana uh, with one N, dot com, and then um, all of my social media is Dr Juliana Hauser, and that's the best way to get a hold of me. And there's a newsletter, and then there's a sign up um, for all of my groups. I really, I love working with people individually for sure. Uh, But there's also great value in doing something in group. Um, And Revealed is one of my biggest courses. It's my flagship course. And I teach people how to teach Revealed. I'm actually looking for male facilitators, too. It's in eight countries already, uh, and, and it's done in multiple languages already, which is very exciting. Uh, and it's really a movement uh, that is trying to change the conversation about sexuality uh, with the basis of agency being everything. And it's, it's a pretty magical community uh, that I'm really proud of uh, and, uh, and growing as we speak.
2: Beautiful. It's amazing. Yeah. And all the links for everything will be in the show notes at the state of men dot com forward slash podcast. And we'll
0: make sure to, it's you cool. know, shout everything out on instagram too for everyone who follows us there we'll put all the things you can uh follow dr juliana at um thank you so much for coming on this was great we'd love uh, to have you back in the yeah, future thank you so much
1: thank you so much thank you for braving into this conversation um and i would love to come back and and talk specifics about sex i'll have a whole uh, page of questions
0: <laughs> it's gonna happen yes <laughs> you
1: all to talk about great thank you again it was a real pleasure
0: Awesome. Thanks everyone for tuning in. We appreciate you. Um, as said, you can check out where to find Dr. Juliana at, um, in the show notes. We love you. We appreciate you. And we'll catch you in the next episode.